Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast for uh, another episode. Um, t- today I'm joined with Doug, um, and t- today um, we're going to be speaking about autism, and um, it, it's all it's pretty cool because Doug is kind of used to this kind of format because he has his own podcast too. <laughs> so it's it's going to be cool to hear about his podcast, about his autism, and yeah. So Doug, w- so um, would you mind introducing yourself, please? My name is Douglas Nelson Kenny. I'm I'm based in Phoenix, Arizona, but originally from Estes Park, Colorado, and I'm known on YouTube along with my mentor Andy McPhee as Are You Relentless and Unstoppable. Okay, and I thought, like before we started, it, it, like we, we it, it was quite funny because like um I've got a British accent and you've got American accent, so it's it, it, it's going to be really cool speaking to each other from minimum miles away today so uh f- thank you for taking the time to come on because i know we've spoken quite a lot about like you coming on my show and i coming on your show so it's gonna be it's gonna be really good fun um so when was you diagnosed doug um with, with autism i was diagnosed in 2002 when i was four years old but i wasn't told about it until i was 10 years old in 2008 okay yeah, so I was diagnosed in um nine, um so not far off. But um, did it, like, do you remember your reaction when you, like when you got told that you you had um what you, like you have autism? Yeah, yeah, I, I remember it dearly, and uh, I was told by my parents, and I reacted in a sense of of relief, finally knowing what was going on with me and why I viewed things dif- differently from people and why I had trouble making friends and all that. So, you know, it was a relief to know about it, but there did come some struggles afterwards, especially in school, because the situation with my education quickly became toxic with what was going on. And and I was hoping to be treated the same way as everybody else in spite of my autism. And for the most part, I was. But but there were some things about the, about the schools I went to that weren't healthy. So, yeah. Hmm. It, it was pretty hard. At, um, like, like do, 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 do you think it was maybe that um, maybe people didn't understand autism maybe at the school is why maybe that you had a a rough time that's exactly the reason why i had a rough time there wasn't much education on autism at the time and they just didn't know how they didn't know how to treat me the same way as everybody else in spite of what i was dealing with and uh yeah in fact there is a story i have about the time that happened soon after my autism diagnosis when i went to fifth grade before the fifth grade year began, I met my teacher at like a barbecue that was hosted on the shores of Lake Estes in my hometown of Estes Park, Colorado. And it was soon after my I was told of my diagnosis. And I went up to sit with a couple students that were going to be in my class with me. And I told them a bit about it and hoped to finally make some friends. But 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 I remember sitting on the table with him and and this is what I remember. It's very vague, but this is what, how it went along the lines. I told people about my autism diagnosis and hoped that 
it would not change their opinions of me. But, but one of the students, believe it or not, said to me, you don't understand. This school is for us. Everything belongs to us, meaning regular students that weren't special needs. And even though, even though I was told by, by the teacher afterwards to just ignore them, I would quickly learn over time that they were not wrong because, you know, there was no education on special needs. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I, I, I completely understand what, what you're saying. It's because um, I had a similar situation um, too. Like, um, it, I, I think it was that, it's that time in your life where it's hard to make friends. It's hard to make friends anyway, isn't it? Um, um, but I was the same. Like, um, it, do you find that um, when you was at school, that it was very fast paced, like everything had to be maybe a rush um, um, to do things in, in maybe in class or or just maybe getting asked to do a task. Do you think it was quite fast paced and a rush? Oh, you should have seen high school because when I went to high school, many years after my diagnosis, it just, I remember everything. They overloaded me and students with so much work and especially in my senior year, to the point that I couldn't keep track of everything. And to make things worse, my senior year was a very toxic year for me as far as education. Like I wasn't getting along with students, I wasn't getting along with staff members, and mental health was around the 2010s were not good years. It was just, it was a very difficult decade from 2010 to 20, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it, it definitely was because... There wasn't as much maybe education about autism and and people talking about it as we are now um, in twenty twenty two going on to twenty twenty three not far um, but but yeah it, it has gone a long way and like it it like no one knew of it and like especially if you was like at maybe mainstream especially maybe you're not in a special like um, setting. Where, where people know about autism and, 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 and different things. So I completely agree with you. Yeah, for sure. Did you have trouble with that in high school? Um, well, what, what, what happened was, Doug, is um, I, um, I, um, well, the, the first school I went to was, um, was it, it was, it was a mainstream school. So it was very hard because you go on from your kind of primary setting, like, and then, you go on to that and it, it wasn't very nice because um like not, I was more focused on um education than making friends because um I wanted to have a good education and learn things and I wasn't learning things and I was like um exams and, and work I was doing it was higher than my level and then you I would get told by a teacher that I'm not smart enough and and stuff like that and 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 um I'm and it's not very good. And so I was only there a year, which is very hard um, because, but when you have an autism diagnosis, things, I guess you get more better support system if you're diagnosed like young, younger in life, like we did. Um, well, you, you should not, 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 not saying that everyone does. Um, but after that, I did go to, I spent a year there and then um, a year of hell, I would say actually. And then um, 
got I went on to mainstream for the the rest of my education, which was much better. It wasn't easy to start with because with change and and routine, um, changing a lot. Um, maybe not as much work, for example. Um, maybe not as much homework. I, I remember at mainstream having half a dozen homeworks a, a week, like um, w which is very um, it's very stressful. Definitely. So yeah. So that's really tough that, you know, we have to go through this a lot with people that don't know how to treat people on the autism spectrum, right? And if you want to hear a story I have from when I was younger that involved a teacher crossing the line. Yeah, yeah, please tell. When I was in second grade, I, I was in a special educational class for half the day and then an ordinary class at the start of the day. And, uh, I had a couple teachers in the sped ed class that weren't really good. And one time I got in trouble for messing around with another student and the teacher responded by, oh wait, no, it wasn't the teacher. It was her assistant, the assistant teacher. She responded by grabbing me by the legs and pulling me across a, a rug, which caused my back to burn. And, and it, and it, it left a lot of scars on my back. There was rope burn, like burns, and and the and the carpet was pretty rough, even though it was soft. So when you so when you dragged something on it, it led to burns, you know. And and I remember what happened was I I kept the injuries hidden for about a day, but then they were discovered by my parents, and an investigation broke out. And this assistant teacher and the teacher actually got fired for what happened. So. Yeah, I was the victim of an assault. Yeah, that that is that's awful behaviour from like an assistant. Um, and what was that? Because you were talking to another student. What? what, what uh, oh, why, no, why, no. What was that? Um, why? What was the cause of her doing that in the first place? The cause that was doing it in the first place was I was messing around with a student. It wasn't, it wasn't like joking around or anything, but it was a little bit of rough housing. Mm -hmm. So, but the, so the problem was I made a mistake, but the teacher's reaction just crossed the line and the teacher assistant, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no need to be dragging you on a rug. Um, um, what was this rug like? Was you like standing on this rug or, or, or something for her to stop doing that? The rug was pretty jagged and feeling like even though the stuff on it was soft, it was still enough that if you dragged someone, it would create rope burn. It felt like a rope a little bit. Yes, yeah, I I, I understand that. Like 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 um, like if you're doing the, the tug of war, maybe and. You, like you can feel that on your hands. I know that's not the same, but um, like it, it burns, doesn't it? But it, that that is that's that's not very good. It's, it's good that she did get like um, the sack, and she, she she left because it's not on that type of behavior. Nope, it was very inappropriate, and and the police actually were going to investigate it before the firing happened, and it and it was proven that I was telling the truth, and to make it even worse. When I informed the assistant teacher that that I was injured, she said, "Good." That is that 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 is terrible. It it was very terrible, and 
And part of the reason why they were able to see what happened was because of the cameras in the room, you know, and everything. Oh yeah, it's it's good that you have cameras, um, yeah. to, to to help your case. Um, but um, yeah, I I bet you was happy that was all resolved and and what what was she always like that? This assistant teacher, it, like, was you quite surprised what she did at the time? I was surprised because at first she and I started out pretty good when I first met her and but it was just that one moment and you know it was it was not a good memory of mine no no it's it it, 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 it it's not dog um do you do you want me to tell you um maybe a, a scenario that uh, that's happened when I was at school go ahead yeah feel free yeah so um the first one is um I've got about two. Um, I'll, 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 I'll tell you two. But the, the first one is, you know, with like autism and, and some people don't uh, maybe fully understand sarcasm and jokes all the time. Yeah. Um. Well, um, I was getting changed for PE um, or, like, and stuff. And the teacher was um, said, said to me that you've got about five seconds to get changed. Otherwise, you'll be locked in. And and I I, I took that seriously, and I, I was r racing against time to to get changed in five seconds, um, which uh, I laugh about now. But then I, I was carrying all my stuff outside the changing room and stuff, so I could get changed in time. Um, and that 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 was one scenario. Um, and that that same teacher actually who said that, um, you know, in these um. These schools are very big and it's very hard to um, find yourself around. Um, well, once that same teacher who said about the PE um, saw I was get I was struggling to find where I had to go. And you have like a map planner thing where it tells you. And then um, he, he, like the teacher says, um, he, he, he was looking at it um, and because I had to get it out of my bag, he was um he was getting you know when you see someone's face and that they like they don't wanna they don't wanna be there to help you kind of thing, um so it was like that and then I um I said I said to him that you can go if you want you don't have to be be there to help me if because I'd rather someone help me that actually wants to help than that has to be someone else has to be somewhere else, um and then eventually he he tells me all these directions where my room is. And I don't take it in at all because he like he's going so far saying you go left, you do a right, you go up the stairs, you go around the stairs, you go to F block, and then you go to A B. And <laughs> I, I I haven't got a clue what he said. And then of course I get told off for being late, um, which the, the teachers didn't understand. Um, and I'll give I'll give you one more scenario, and. This is all in mainstream, so the, this is all that one year I was before I went to special, which I was at special about three or four. So a lot happened in this one year. <laughs> um, um, and so the last scenarios, which I always talk about it with on the podcast with, with different people because I always find it annoying, always thinking about this. Um, so it was uh, uh, before lunch which in the mainstream school was a special class like you it's probably similar to yours um like you had a, 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 um, a, a, a class where people have autism and 
different needs. Um, and the te the teacher said, um, to everyone, go wait outside the library after lunch. Um, so basically, half the half the class did that, and we were waiting about fifteen minutes. Um, and bearing in mind the helper teacher, the assistant teacher was with us, so um, she was there too, and. We was thinking we was all thinking standing there because we couldn't get in the library without the teacher because she had the key. Um, so we go back to the room where she, like, like the classroom and that. And then as soon as we get we we, we go through, the teacher says, "Why are you late?" Um, and then we're we're all thinking, "What's going on here?" Because you've um, you've just told us to wait out the library, and about three or four people were sitting down in the class, which we were all confused. And then. She, the teacher doesn't try and maybe resolve the the miscommunication somewhere, um, which still to this day I believe that she that is what she said. If she's told me to go to the classroom, I would have gone to the classroom. <laughs> um, um, but the first thing she says, she says, as we enter, why are you late? Um, I I I say, bearing in mind at this point in my autism journey, I'm, I'm very low on confidence. And no one else is speaking up, so I kind of had to do that. Um, and then she says, you got a detention, which wasn't great. Um, and then the following morning, the head of year, kind of the head teacher of your year, um, c comes in and says, um, he, he brings us all out who went to the library and um, says, um, why were you all late? Um, and then I, I say, because that's what we thought we had to do. And then... He says, he says, you, you have to, um, we're going to let you off this time. And in my mind, I didn't say anything because I didn't like the tone of voice that that, that was getting used. And some of the behaviour by teachers and that, that school was, was dreadful. It, it wasn't good. Um, and, and of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, let, let off for what I'm doing, what I thought was right. So that was that. But the, it could all, stuff like that could all be resolved. And it's not very good by the staff there, Doug. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's an interesting journey you have, but yeah. Do you want to hear about how Relentless and Unstoppable begin? Yeah, tell me all about it, Doug. It's going to be really cool. Relentless and Unstoppable was conceived through the idea of my mentor, Andy McPhee, who saw my journey with weight loss and and overcoming struggles. And uh what happened was I started YouTube for the first time in 2014, but because of some rough years that I had, I didn't upload a video until two years later in 2016. And Andy became my mentor later that year when when I was in the middle of a parental divorce and I was trying to rebuild myself. And and Andy became <clears throat> Andy became my mentor where we did creative work together and and improved my everyday living and and I started YouTube in 2016 where I interviewed race drivers and people in the motorsports industry and I would do it for the next few years along with attending NASCAR races and going to national parks and a riding career that I'm that's going well so far during the global pandemic my partnership with Andy started to blossom that year, I wanted to start my own podcast in order to spread positivity to the world. But the good news was I waited on it a bit because of circumstances as I dealt with the global pandemic. But then in July, 
Andy had an idea to, he had an idea to interview me for the channel and talk about my journey with autism and all that. And it was originally going to be only one video. And we did an episode, which is on my YouTube at the moment, on my YouTube with Andy. And we, the interview turned out well, getting over a thousand views overnight. And then Andy decided that he, he figured out that he had a lot of connections that were similar to, to my journey, like Richard Norton and Sam Greco and Jerry Trimble, some international kickboxers, along with Mel Yu and Troy Coward and a few people at mental health, et cetera. And so we were going to do a 10 part series of which we titled Relentless and Unstoppable. But then what happened was it got so popular, the videos, that we decided to turn it into a podcast called Are You Relentless and Unstoppable? And I also, we've brought some pretty big names onto the channel, like the producer of Prince of Egypt, the director of Prince of Egypt, along with Disney's Pocahontas and Disney's Beauty and the Beast. And we have some pretty famous names on there. And and along with some race drivers that I know. And over time, the podcast became so popular, especially when I went to Woman of Achievement pageant. Through my connection with Andy, he introduced me to the people behind the pageant, so I got to go in. And then it led to my weekend in Nashville for the Music City Grand Prix, where I had a coincidental meeting with Roger Penske. And over time, the RNU platform became very popular, and now we're on our fourth season next year that, that, that is awesome so do you so do you normally per season do you just have 10 episodes per season is that how you work it no no originally the show was only going to be 10 episodes long but then we decided to just go with it and make it a long-lasting podcast normally we have at least 30 or 39 sometimes 40 interviews a year that we do for each season. Okay. That 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 is really cool. Um and it, so you you have some quite some really cool people in there it sounds like though. <laughs> yeah, some really great people and some of them are famous and some are people you've never heard of, but none of this would have been possible without the mentorship with Andy, so he needs to get a lot of credit too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a podcast is is a great way just to, like you said, you spoke about mental health earlier, um, to help your mental health. I think because especially in a pandemic, still an ongoing pandemic, um, just talking to someone like this, like we are now, it's it's really helpful when you talk about a topic that you're passionate about. Definitely. Do you have any other questions about the the RNU platform? Um. So it started in 2020. So. So you're you're on your fourth series next year. Do you have um? So do you re record in advance and release your episodes, or do you do an episode and release it? What I do is what we do anyway is we uh, pre-record an episode, we record it, and then we do some editing, and we give our guests the opportunity to take out anything that they didn't want in the interview. Or redoing it if there's so much stuff they regretted in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it is it it, it is it is really cool. 
Um, because I know a lot of work has to be going in a podcast, because I know, because I've got one. <laughs> um, um, I know, because you create a name, that's your first step, and, and then you've got a logo. Um, my logo's changed for it half a dozen times, but I want to keep it as it is, but <laughs> I don't want to change it again. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, it, it, it's really cool, because I you have, like, so... With your episodes, do you just focus on autism, or do you have any uh, other topics that you do you like to talk about? We have several topics we talk about. We talk about autism, special needs, and anti-bullying, and mental health, and domestic violence awareness, and we also talk about wrestling and and uh, equine therapy, and just we're a, and the gay community. We're a stand for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's always good when you have other topics as well, um, because like it, it 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 makes it a variety, a, like a, a lot of choice. Like you might have someone talking about wrestling, for example. Now another one talking about um, Grand Prix, and it, it it's really cool because like I like to relate hobbies to my show too. Do you, do do you have any other hobbies other than your show and podcasting, Doug. I like writing. I'm a movie buff. And I'm pretty well established as a movie buff because I know a lot of the filming locations and movies and yeah. and the music behind it and factoids about the actors and the cast members. Like, I'm a big movie buff. And, and other hobbies I have are biking. Like, I bike at least once a day and do exercise and focus on my health, etc. Yeah. That that is really good, and with the location with movies, I think that's really cool too because that's something I'm interested in. I I, I like to go into different places, other places with films because it's almost like you're there, um, in in like in a iconic moment, really. Yeah, for sure. What's your favorite movie? Um, my favorite movie. Good question. Um, I do like um you know kingsman you know kingsman yeah i like that um but um like in in september time i because i'm a massive doctor who fan and uh, i like doctor who um so i went to different locations where that was set um so i plan to do that next year as well so that, that that's that's my all-time one um but I like the Scream series as well. Um, I like horror. Um, I'm not. I'm not those one of people who has any. I like any kind of genre. Like when it comes to movies, I'm not one that I don't like. Not what I don't like, but I just like anything that's good. I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If I had to pick some of my favorite movies, it's hard, but I would say among my favorites are The Power of the Dog and and also. Uh, death on the nile and the first pirates of the caribbean movie and the prince of egypt and a lot of other great movies yeah yeah it, like because quite a lot of that quite a lot of the movie you know like you got spider-man and, and stuff like that it's, it's set in america so it's kind of famous for all the the high profile movies <laughs> yeah for sure yeah because like 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 the marvel and spider-man it's not over here. It's, it's all in America. Well, which is, it, it must be cool for you guys. I, I know, like, 
it's a lot of hours between places, I guess, for you to go to. But it's nice that you have a, a hobby of like liking movies and, and stuff. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. And, and you don't even need to eat the junk food that they serve at theaters. You know, it's the movie that's the best part, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I don't like that, you know, when I go watch a movie and you got people next to you eating. <laughs> uh, you can't really concentrate and hear the movie when people do that. No, no, you can't. Yeah. You have any other questions I can answer? Um. Do you have, um, like, so what is the plan, like, going into next year for your, for, for the podcast? The plan for next year is we're going to have an intro video for the show with our theme song. We just got a theme song produced, and we're going to keep promoting our guests and their everyday activities. And we're also going to keep up what we're doing with the mission of inspiring others, and we we just released an apparel line for R&U, which is uh, called a, which has our logos on it. We have hats like these and shirts with the R&U logo and beanie caps. Like, let me get one for you very quick. Let me get one. Beanie caps like this and oh, with the R&U logo on it. So it's going very good so far. Yeah. So what does... So your, your podcast is called Rentless and Unstoppable. Is that right? It's called Relentless and Unstoppable. And, and Andy McPhee and me are the co-founders. And it was conceived by Andy. Okay. Yeah. It, it, very good name. I, I, I do like it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It was inspired by... a article that we read or a book or something that's where we got it from yeah yeah it's it's, it, it, it's very good um and it's good that you got some like 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 merch like you got your hats you got beanie um so uh especially we're coming into the winter months now so a beanie would be very helpful for a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i do like a beanie <laughs> um so doug um with like your autism, like, ha, ha, like, what would you say? Maybe your triggers are like. Do you like loud noises? Do you like big environment? Um, yeah. Do I like what? Do you like loud noises? Uh, do you, Do you like a, a big environment or a small environment, small space? I prefer it. I prefer between between a large space and a small space. And my triggers, I do like loud noise every now and then, but mostly no. Hmm. Like, I don't like hearing those sports cars go flying past you when you're on your bike and all that. That's not my type of noise. No. No. Like, um, one for me is, um, you know, um, like, it's, 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 it's very interesting because... Let's say I'm out in a restaurant and I hear loads of people eating. That won't be as bad, like as when I'm at home and I'm eating dinner and, and someone making really loud noise with their plate and eating. That that I wouldn't get on with that. Um, which is it's very different. So I don't like those little noises that get into your head, kind of, kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, they are, and loud noise for me is one of them. Yeah, 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 
Yeah, it's it, it is um good and like 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 we said before, like we have our special interests that that is very that do go along with autism too. So like you like your like your wrestling, you like your movies, um, and I guess we could say our podcasts are hobbies too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, is that all the questions you have, yeah. or are there more? Yeah. Last one. Um. Before we finish, Doug, um, is there? Do you have any advice um, about autism or any last words to to finish? Yes, you know, my final thoughts are: you know, we need to recognize that autism, bipolar, and other neurological stuff, their abilities, not disabilities, and we also need to to do everything we can to support any sort of community. Like one of my biggest heroes is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And his I Have a Dream speech is not just for blacks and white people, you know, or in this case, I should say African-American or, or Caucasian, just to be polite. It's not just for those. It's just we have to I Have a Dream applies to everything from people in the gay community and autism, special needs and African-Americans and Caucasians. You know, we just... I have a dream applies to everybody and we have to be a stand for everybody. And another thing we need to do is uh, we need to also do everything we can to make people that are suffering feel better so that they can see that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And just because someone is autistic doesn't mean they should be treated any differently than the rest of the world. And aside from that, you know, it'd be very great if schools learned more about autism and learned about the seriousness of mental health and and everything because suicide rates are skyrocketing and i think that's unacceptable yeah i completely agree with you doug and uh, especially what you said at the end there with um with um with schools because lots of better education does need to go into it like even if they did maybe a 10 minute lesson at the start of the day or something just saying what autism is and and uh, like it because if people have that growing up they're gonna have more knowledge um as they get older even if they don't have autism um so you understand that everyone is different and not everyone is the same but um i completely agree and i, I love your advice because there's always a light at the end a light at the end of the tunnel however long it is uh but but yeah it's it's been wonderful speaking to you doug um I am looking forward to some point coming on your show because uh, I hear lots of good stuff about it today. So um, I hope you've enjoyed coming to mine, my podcast today. <laughs> I enjoyed it definitely. We can do it again next month if you'd like. Yeah, maybe. We'll we'll we'll, we'll have to arrange it, won't we? Afterwards, but yeah, I, I look forward to it, Doug. It's gonna be it's gonna be cool. Thank you very much, man, and I appreciated talking with you. Yeah, I appreciate talking with you too, Doug. Thank you to everyone listening and watching. We hope you enjoyed today's talk um, from America to to um, the UK. But it's it's been great talking to you, Doug. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Have a nice rest of your day. Thank you very much. You too. Thank you.